0: Indiana Runner podcast season seven, episode five. We do a quick check in with the doctor. Derek Leininger comes on to talk about the Indiana Runner indoor series, his books, his thoughts on the upcoming track season, and more. Cue the Derek Leininger theme music. Moving on with our preseason coverage, I am here. I'm Colin Ellsbury. I'm here with Dr. Derek Leininger. Derek's going to talk to us about the Indiana Runner Indoor Series, his new book, uh, his book tour, which is coming to Indiana since he lives in Indiana, although that wasn't easy. And uh, then we're just going to briefly preview the track season and the cross country season. So, uh, what's up? Uh, it's almost
1: it's almost my bedtime, Colin.
0: Yeah, we uh, we're gonna do it. We're gonna do a tight forty here, and uh, get it all on the uh, first window here in Zoom. So, Indiana Runner Series is coming up. It is quickly approaching uh, as we're recording this. It's uh, ten or so days out. We're gonna release this on Monday before the first meet. So, just give everybody a brief summary, Derek. What is it? So.
1: We host, you know, indianarunner.com amongst all of our coverage that we do. One of the things we do, we've started doing in the past several years, is hosting indoor track and field meets. We got into it, I mean, years ago, um, I mean, probably 15 years ago at this point, I started an indoor showcase meet that was loosely affiliated with Indiana Runner. Um, Drake Sterling kind of picked that up and really got that, made it a made it a much bigger event and a much cooler event. And then, you know, in 2015, when you and I and Scott and Drake created our four-person four partnership, this was one of the things that we kind of started building out was where, are, where is there a need in Indiana track and field? And we thought that the preseason indoor was kind of um, inconsistent in terms of what when meets would be available and where they were. And so we kind of, you know, threw our hat in the ring and um, we've kind of added over time to the point now where we have three, a three-meet series, which this, this year and last year is pretty much every other week in January and February prior to the season starting. Um, and so we have the Indoor Opener, which is at Taylor University on January 20th, the Indoor Invitational at PFW in Fort Wayne on February 3rd, and then, of course, the Showcase Meet, which is our longstanding meet, which will be February 17th at Wabash College, the first two meets um, offer both the youth and the high school session. We're really starting to get into how do we help, you know, give our younger athletes opportunities to compete. Um, but then the, the showcase kind of it's our featured meet. That is just a high school only meet. So that's kind of what the series is. Um, we've kind of evolved over time, but uh, it's been a really great, um, you know, series for us to help support the running community. It also is, a, is the primary, I mean, to be honest, it's our primary revenue source for Indiana Runner. Um, So we like to keep our coverage free. We like to try to give as many offerings as possible. Um, But obviously we, in order for us to justify time committed to it, we wanna make a little bit of money as well. So um, the indoor meets are a really good way for us to accomplish all those goals at the same time.
0: So it's, I mean, we're offering a service, we're getting everything needed to run the meet, but this is also just a good way to support Indiana Runner and keep the content, the free content coming, because like you said, we it's not about the money, but we also, with the amount of time that we put into it, have to come away with some money that we couldn't justify with all of the rest of our lives doing this.
1: Yeah, Kathleen would not allow you to do this if you were not not making some kind of money for it.
0: Right. Uh, Last year was the first year of the youth meets. Is that correct? Correct, yeah. So how how do you feel like those went last year?
1: I thought it went really well. there, there's a growing, I think there's a growing um, movement that you like for younger athletes to be doing like indoor track. And there've been some clubs for years that have done indoor track, but I think middle school track and cross country is growing. Um, I think even like elementary cross country and track is growing. So we wanted to say, how, how can we use the dates and venues we already have and not, you know, not duplicate our efforts, but to really consolidate them. So our first two events, and this is our last year, was our first year. We offered um, a morning session for the youth athletes, which would be like eighth grade and under, and then we still offered our high school event, pretty much the same in the afternoon. Um, and it went really well. It was a really, it's really cool to watch, you know, like a six-year-old kid line up and just run up sixty, or you know, watch a ten-year-old kid run a mile. Like it's just, it's fun. I mean, I'm an elementary school principal, so I I enjoy the the age group already, but. It's fun to see little kids and middle school kids get out there and compete. Um, it's not a pressure environment. It's just fun. It's good introduction to a, to our awesome sport.
0: Among all of your Indiana runner responsibilities, you've in the last how long did you did you work on the book for? Two full years? One year? Yeah.
1: Um, so I contacted Clyde Hart, um, who, if you don't know, he's the greatest 400 coach that's ever lived. I if you're going to debate me, I'm going to tell you you're wrong. Um, I contacted him in the spring of 22 and um, we collaborated for a few months and then I went out to, to Waco, which is where he lives, Waco, Texas. And we spent a week together and that's where we got a lot of our work done. And then for, for months after that, for several months, it was just as I had time, um, you know, cause you know, like you, we, we have full-time jobs and families and other side things that we do. So it was really kind of as I had time but um, and I would be I would call him I would email him we'd be kind of go back and forth clarifying different ideas. Um, so it is a, it was about a year and a half total from the initial contact to publishing the book that we published in August of 23 um, but then we continue I mean Clyde and I have been doing some um, some speeches and presentations together and we continue to talk regularly so it's coming up on two years total since we started. Um, but yeah, it's about a year and a half total to
0: complete the book. Okay. So the book is breaking down the wall by Derek Leininger with Clyde Hart. What, what's it about? Give, give me a thesis statement. It's,
1: it's about the better way to train 400 meter runners. And that, that might sound arrogant, but there's a lot of, there's a lot of ideas out there that the 400 is just, is just another sprint that you can train speed, 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 and you're going to magically drop these fast times in the quarter. And that's just not true, and it's never been true. And what those coaches don't understand is they're misapplying research. Um, 400-meter research is way different than 100-meter or 200-meter. There's a much higher aerobic component to the 400-meter dash. Um, There's some some things that happen around 30 to 40 seconds in the race where your blood lactate levels just shoot up. That doesn't happen in the 100 or 200. it's not it's the foreigner is not just a long sprint although that's not totally inaccurate it is to me it's in a different event entirely you cannot expect to train for the 100 and run well in the four and i've i've seen very few athletes that i've been a part of that have been able to do that um they almost always struggle in the last 10 15 seconds of the race because they're not prepared for they're not trained for it so what we present in the book is Clyde Hart system modified down for high school coaches. And so we talk about the whole buildup of the aerobic base. We talk about how to progress through workouts throughout the season. We talk about what are some key workouts when you get into the outdoor competitive season. How do you make sure your athletes don't peak too early? How do you make sure they keep keep developing aerobically and anaerobically? Um, this, the whole goal of the book was to make sure that Coach heart system and ideas are accessible to high school coaches. Cause so many, I think so many coaches in general would say, yeah, that might work with Michael Johnson or Sonia Richards Ross, you know, gold medalists and American record holders. But how is that going to work for my 15-year-old? You know, my my freshman has who is just running track for the first year. The the research is the same, the science is the same, but they're obviously, and I agree with them, there are obvious differences between a first-year, fifteen-year-old runner compared to an elite Olympian. There's big differences. So the book tries to make it make the the principles remain the same and the concepts remain the same. But how does that? How do you implement that with teenagers of a varying range of abilities? And so that's what we try to capture. Essentially, what I wanted to write with the book was, if I when I was first starting coaching, is this the book that would have been the perfect answer to my questions and so that's kind of what we were going for was can any can any coach pick this up understand it well enough to implement the ideas properly
0: and that's kind of what we were that's what we were going for where and people can hear you talk in indiana and you've done some uh a tour essentially with clyde hart at a lot of these places where the book has been pretty popular i I bet you don't mind me saying that you're going to divulge all the numbers and stuff, but, uh, where's the book available?
1: So the easiest way is to get on Amazon. You can, you know, breaking, breaking down the wall, Clyde Hart, Derek Leininger, any combination of those words should probably get you to it. Um, that's the easiest way for anyone listening right now to go get a copy.
0: Um, so you went on this tour where, where have you gone so far? So we're kind of in the middle
1: of it right now. Um, so Clyde and I, there's there's three dates where Clyde and I are speaking together, and then there's two dates where I'm going to speak by myself. Um, we we started the tour the first weekend in December. We went out to Iowa to Ames, Iowa, and it's the Championship Productions, which um, they organize. The Championship Productions is a is a huge. Um, you get like ChampionshipProductions.com. They do a bunch of coaching education videos, books, um, you know, just materials for a variety of sports. But they, uh, it was started by the Iowa State track coach who ran this business for like 40 years. Um, and then his son-in-law has taken over and has continued it. So it started out as a track and field business. And they've obviously expanded as they should to different sports so that they can, you know, maximize their their reach. Um, but we, we really wanted to go there because I know Clyde had some connections with that specific organization so we started in iowa december 1st um second we just i just got back um sunday night from texas clyde and i were in his hometown of waco texas at the texas track and field coaches clinic which was awesome um i mean texas texas track and field is they take it serious they are legit they're you're walking you're walking around at the clinic and there's like oh yeah that guy who was an olympic gold medalist you know like jeremy warner Oh, yeah, he coaches uh, high school in Texas. Or, you know, Dion Minor, two-time All-American or two-time NCAA champion, I should say. Um, you're, you're seeing these guys that are, like, just super legit, you know, high school and, and college and professional athletes. And they're just coaching in like, the school where their kid goes. And it's, I mean, the, the level of talent and the level of interest in Texas was amazing. Um, we sold out of our books. I, I brought a fair number and we sold out. And I, I felt bad, but I was like, that's, I mean, I'm, it's literally all I have. I don't have any more books. So, um, it went, it went really well. We're going go to go to, what's that? You, can you still, still have the online, books yeah. online. We yeah. told people that, yeah, we said, you can, you, you'd have to wait a few days. I mean, the prime will, prime will get you, but, um, not Deion Sanders, Amazon prime, but, uh, we're going to go up to Illinois this weekend, up to the Illinois, uh, clinic in Chicago. And then, and Clyde and I have all three of those clinics, Clyde and I were together, and then later in January, I'm going to go up to Michigan, and then I'm going to end the tour right where it started in Indiana.
0: Awesome. And but at Indiana, you think probably best to buy online, maybe even yeah, buy it I beforehand.
1: Think so. Yeah, I mean, I'll probably I'll probably bring some copies with me in a backpack sort of thing if if anybody wants one. But I'm not. Yeah, I a hundred. Well, <laughs> I'm not going to set up a booth. I didn't, I didn't organize that with the coach association, but um, I am scheduled to speak twice at the Indiana, Indiana clinic. The first session is on the science of the 400. And then the second session is on specific training um, and, and workouts for high school coaches. So, okay. So the um, two,
0: the two sessions, they're not, they're not repeat just the book. The two ones are t- both different.
1: They're diff- Yeah. They're both different. Okay. And while while we'll hit some of the same ideas that are in the book, like you could come to the sessions. And get hopefully get a lot of good information out of it. Obviously, if you're gonna if you're gonna read the book, that would you would get more. You get all the details, but um, it's not it's not like a it's not just a, like an infomercial for the book. It's like here is some really good science for the 400. Here are some really good training and workout ideas for the 400. Even if you only look at you only attend the clinic and go to the presentations, hopefully you get some pretty good material from it.
0: Anything you learned about I mean, you, you're an Indiana guy. You've always lived in Indiana. This is probably the first time you've gone to another state's coaching clinic, right?
1: Yeah. Well, when I wrote Enduring Wisdom, I went to the Ohio cross country clinic. Um, but yeah, these these are the first big state you know track clinics I've been to outside of Indiana.
0: So, any anything you you took away in particular from the first couple that you've gone to about? I mean, you you had a lot to say about Texas, but even about Iowa and just kind of I, what those those other states programs are like. So I
1: there's a there's a um, there's kind of a mixture of skepticism and acceptance, although in Texas it was more like Duh. it was more, fa- more favorable cuz sure. like we're 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 literally in the hometown of Clyde Hart who had coached 20 some incidentally 4x4 champions. He coached four three different Olympic champ gold medalists in the 400. Uh, Michael Johnson won twice, Jimmy Warner won, Sonny Richards-Ross won. They both still hold the American records in the event. Um, he coached a slew of just just great quarter-milers over the years. And so I think he has a lot more street cred um, in his hometown, of uh, Waco, than we than maybe he does in other places. But, um, yeah, I mean, I, I think Texas coaches were much more interested. Um, Iowa coaches were great as well. I, but some, there was definitely some skepticism in yeah. Iowa saying, you know, well, we run this program and and it was like, okay, well, I mean, if, if you're, if you're hundred percent satisfied with the results you're getting, keep doing that. I don't I'm like, I'm, you don't have to come, you don't have to convince me of what you're doing. You're the coach. You make that decision. We're just offering some ideas that are saying, if you're not a hundred percent satisfied, if you think your athletes can do better, here are some ideas um, that might be helpful. Some things you might be missing. And even if it's just, a couple concepts or a couple workouts for in my opinion that's it's worth the price of the book just to get a couple ideas um we're not we're not selling them at you know 100 buck books or selling them for 25 bucks that just hopefully you get some ideas or if you're like where do i start we we have a pretty comprehensive program outlined um so texas was awesome i mean that was you know that's clyde's home home city home state um iowa was great as well um i I it's the, the 400 is interesting. Be, I think it's become so polarized. There's been, you know, I think it's trending or trendy to be like, we only run so-and-so workouts. We, uh, we go home in 45 minutes. And it's like, well, I like when I look at your results, I believe you like, you're not like there's, there's one particular coach who is very, very well known and preaches this, you know, 400 is, is a sprint. And, and, they're not good. Like, I I don't know. I, I don't mean to be unkind, they, but they're just not good at the four by four. And 4x4. they use distance
0: runners on their four by four.
1: They use, yeah, like they're better. And best their distance runners are good. Are, their distance runners are good, as you know. Um, that was one of the only teams in, that beat you this year was was yep. the school. But they're, they have, they have, that's, and here here's my thought, okay? If you have a Nike national cross country team and you routinely put down good four by ones and four by twos, why is your four by four never competitive? Why are you never breaking three twenty if you're able to run forty ones and seven fifty and go to Nike and Cross? Like, I feel like I'm taking crazy pills. Like, it's just there's something missing to say. Like, why are you and why would people believe what you say when you don't have any
0: proof credentials? Like, yeah. yeah. Well, I and I I I think part of it is. Um, this wasn't necessarily in our rundown, but it's good to get off off script here. Like one of the these things, these programs that uh, that uh, people are espousing is well, a lot of kids don't want to do track, and this is a way to get our participation. But it, like you said, it's it's especially since COVID, we're seeing we're seeing times. That are slower over these middle distances yeah and i think well, I, uh i, I think we we'll, we can get into that too and kind of what we're looking for this track season what were you gonna say
1: i and i understand that too i understand that that argument to a degree i really do like it like track should be fun track should be funner than it is but you don't have to sacrifice proper training to have fun there's a lot of ways within the culture within the structure of your practice Within your personality and how you interact with kids, there's a lot of ways you can make track fun and appealing instead of just saying, hey "Guys, we're going to run 400 meters of total volume today and then go home and call it good. Like, I, I think there's, I think there's better ways to do it.
0: Yeah. I think, I think part of it is, and there are a whole a lot of places that, that maybe struggle with participation. And so then we've got to make it all fun all the time. And part of being fun is working hard and having success. That yes, there are certain things that in the moment maybe I'd rather you know, I'd rather watch TV than go run, but I'm getting enjoyment on a long-term basis, more enjoyment with deferred gratification than I would be just trying to have fun in the moment or make it easy in, in the moment.
1: You know you know what's fun, Colin? Are you it's gonna say winning is running sub three twenty in a four x
0: four. You um, know what's
1: not fun? It's having a whole bunch of happy fifty-five-second guys, not as fun. I, uh, I, I, that's, I don't know. Like, I'll, I'll stop. That was a I'm with, I'm
0: with you on that one. Yeah. Um. Okay. This is a uh, part of our preseason coverage for uh, track, and then even looking farther into cross country. Track's coming up, so let's. We'll do this one a little bit longer. What are? It's a girl's first year. Okay. So what are three things you're watching? What are three things you're excited about? You're looking for 2024 track season in Indiana, girls track and field.
1: Number one, and I and I do not know this athlete or coach or school well enough to know, but I'm curious about Anaya Bennett from Connorsville High School. Last year as a freshman, she ran, got fifth in the hundred. She was the state champion in the 200 running 2450, which is, moving, especially the fact that that was her fourth race of the day, because 100 trials, 200 trials, 100 final, 200 final. At, in, in line with our 400 conversation, like that girl is a 200-400 runner, not a 100-200 runner. My question is, will she... When will she realize that? Yeah, so... She could, I think she could win both, 4 and the 2. So in- th-
0: this is this is coming out before our girls sprint hurdle preview, but we've Taylor and I've already already recorded the girls sprint and hurdle preview. And we kind of talk about that because the 400 is actually pretty open. There's no, there's certainly no, the top three graduated. uh, The rest of the times, the returning times are in the 56s. There's no Ramaya Elliott. There's no Lena Irby. And usually there's not, there's been essentially three of those types of girls over the last, I mean, there were two in a 10 year span, but then it'd been 30 years since 40 years since myself alone Malone. Um, the, the 400 could be kind of open. This is you. You wouldn't know this probably, but the top returning girl, the, the top Indiana high school girl, current high schooler PR, the fastest PR is a is a freshman. There was a girl that went to oh. one of the junior highs that leads it's to there. Hamilton Southeastern. It's that saying, ran okay. fifty five something in the Hamilton County Junior High. Interesting. And there was no one in Indiana that ran last year. That, no returners that ran under fifty six in the open four hundred. I thought that was interesting.
1: You you are correct that I am not as into the. Middle school Hamilton County scene as
0: you are. That is accurate. Yeah, I yeah, can't imagine why.
1: And my she, bad. And
0: she ran cross country and was like a very solid cross country runner. Good. Well, there we go. So, so I
1: I just my my mindset is always like, hundred. You're either a 100-200 runner or a 200-400 runner. And she
0: is the number maybe, one returner in the hundred.
1: Well, some you may, maybe not, may, I don't maybe I'm wrong, but I'm guessing if she runs you can in both college, be, both things can be you won't be right. running the 100 dash anymore
0: probably not well you remember scott lidskin's thing was basically everybody's in the wrong event everybody's in one event down from what they should be and yep. he's he said one time like there there shouldn't be there should only be 900 runners in the whole state yeah he's like if yeah. you can't finish in the top 9 then you shouldn't you're in the wrong event just go up to the where, go up to the going? next one
1: yeah. yeah which okay so this goes back to to the 400 con- conversation you so like Clyde Hart says I've made a lot of runners faster I've never made them fast he says God gave you that and your granddaddy that gave you that like basically genetically you are superior you have higher concentration of fast switch muscle fibers like Usain Bolt was always Usain Bolt like there was there was any good coach would have would have made him an Olympic champion okay um but but you can make obviously you can improve you can do a lot of speed development I'm not I'm not oversimplifying or not I'm not I'm not trying to make it too simple but if you're if you're limited in the hundred you're never gonna be the great hundred runner you you need to like what's I agree with Scott like you're a 200 runner probably realistically a 400 runner there are a lot of 800 dudes in high school who their only prayer if they go out to a D1 school of being successful at their conference level is in the 1500 where you can sit and kick and you can use that speed but you're not you're probably not going to run 146. You're probably not going to be that guy, but you could be a pretty competitive 1500 runner particularly, you know, in a tactical race. So I I agree with Scott, which which is usually usually puts me in a good spot.
0: All right. Number 2. Number 2. Track.
1: So girls distance in general, it, there's so much depth. So you know Nikki Sutherland, Addison Canablo, Um, Now you're throwing Libby Dowdy. You know, so she's interesting because last year at the state meet, all she did was a four by eight with her teammates, and they medaled. But like, what was her split? How fast is she in a mile? Like that's it's an interesting thing. And I was yeah, thinking I think about it. Was, the, it was like
0: a 217, 218
1: Okay, which is yeah, that's that's pretty good for a freshman at that point. Um, here's here's something, Colin. You might not realize. So Julia Score, sophomore from Bishop Chattard, she ran a 4:56, 10:49 double last year at state, but because and, of all the performances, 90. well, yeah, and it's super hot. But of all, because of all the incredible performances and depth of girls' distance, it's like most people probably wouldn't remember that. That that 15 years ago, those she could have won both events. You know, if you if you can run right. low 4:50s and 10:40s, like there was a decent chance you could be competing for the win. And she just obviously was nowhere close to winning either one of those races. It's just just crazy. But then also Josephina Rastafeli from Warsaw, um, you know, defending state champion the eight, runner up in the sixteen last year. I don't think she gets enough credit for
0: how good she is in the middle
1: distances. Had a really she, good cross. She won.
0: She won her heat. She oh. wasn't the eight hundred champion.
1: Oh, she wasn't? Okay. No, Sorry, she won I'm... the other heat. Yeah. She won she won the Derek
0: Lininger heat. Uh, yes, and I don't think she meddled out of that, but she was she oh. was second in the she was second in the She's 1600, the and she was the only one that bothered to to go out with Sutherland.
1: <laughs> so that's right. Um, so I, there's so much depth in the girls' distance events. Like it's just it's just been we've been so spoiled recently with how good and how many elite girls there are um, on the distance. So that's number two, and then number three is Kaya Crook. Heritage Christian. She's a junior this year. So last year, individually, she scored in four events, which is ridiculous. She won the long jump. She was eighth in the 100, second in the three in the hurdles, third in the high jump, scored 27 points by herself. She was the only person to score for Heritage Christian. So she was the sixth place team in Indiana last year. Mm-hmm. I wonder, can she be a top five team this year? I and think so.
0: she, she, should she, she probably score sp- third. She'll be in the thirties. Thirty
1: points, like that's which is insane. That's insane.
0: Yeah, and, and Taylor and I, um, it'll come out later. Although it's available on the Patreon right away. Speculated that perhaps last year her events were the long jump, the high jump, three hundred hurdles, and those are locks. She was top three in all those. She's going to do those three again. But her fourth event, fourth best event, was the hundred. She made the final, and then she was eighth in the in the final. Like, and I wonder how much that was maybe conserving some energy that she can hurdle and she's fast. Do they, do they just switch her to the hundreds? And I don't know. I I don't know her coaches or her. We're we're just kind of speculated on that, that maybe that's the next logical move because there's so many events that she could be good at, or she could score at. In fact, she'd probably be better at the 200 than the hundred, but because of where the 200 is after the 300 hurdles and what the 300 hurdles would, would do to somebody with, you know, the long race time, the time over 40 seconds, um, that's probably not a, a a reasonable path for her. But yeah, that's that's a lot of the state meet.
1: Well, and you think the 100-meter hurdle trials are probably not as taxing as a 100-meter dash trials, because it's more of a rhythm race. And if you're an elite hurdler, you can pretty much just, you get over the hurdles and then just kind of chill and coast it in those last at the last stretch where in the hundred it's like, well, if you're not top two, you're not, you're not going. It I just right. it just feels to me like the hundred is less room for error where if you're a good hurdler and you have good rhythm, it's kind of rinse and repeat, but I've never been an elite sprinter or hurdler. So take that for what it's worth. Not yet. Yet, Thank you, Colin.
0: Uh, okay. So that was your three uh, storylines or three things to watch on the girls. What about the three for the boys?
1: Okay. So the boys, Brown'sburg's four x one um, state meet record holders, the only team in Indiana history to ever break forty one seconds, you know, automatically timed, and three of those guys returned. So, speaking of Texas, you know, I was down and in Texas.
0: Three stars. Yes. They all medaled in their individual. Does
1: like yeah. so? I was down in Texas, where running, where running in the sub forty one for four x one is pretty routine for the elite teams. It's not obviously not everybody's doing it, but. Like, 40.7 would not win in Texas. Like, yes, you have to be 40 point low. Um, But, like, in Indiana, like, that's crazy fast. So, I'm curious to see them. Number two, my guy Luke Himes, Heritage Christian, um, shot put state champ last year. I think he was maybe fourth or fifth in the discus. Um, Curious to see if he can improve in discus. Like, can he be a, you know, can he win both? And curious to see how how close he can get to that seventy foot mark, um, you know he's he's really good and hopefully he's competing in our um, indoor meets he did last year I know so hopefully so he's competing in our indoor meets.
0: Come last on. year, last year was a very strong year in the shot, mm-hmm. and what got what ended up getting like sixth, seventh, eighth, ninth, and a lot of years would have won, but it was just so strong up top, and there were so many guys that there are two guys that threw well over 60 feet regularly this year. It looks like it's going to be a really strong year in the disc because I think the top four of the top five are back and maybe six or seven returning medalists in, in the disc. So to win both would be pretty good. Yeah. And he's, he's got a shot. He's not the favorite in the, um he's got a chance. He's not the he's, favorite in the disc, but he is in the shot. He's, He's, he's got, got a shot on the chance, disc, but he's a lot shot. Also a shot. Good, nice.
1: Okay, the next one you're gonna to have to help me out here, Colin. And I, okay. this just proves I'm a little bit, I'm a little bit too far removed from the from the running world. Do you think that's Caleb, age or Caleb? Well, it's just it's location, stage in life, location, okay. stage in life. Um, Caleb, is it Winders or Winders? It is Winders. Winders. Okay. Think, think so win. No, I know. I know that. I know that you can see where I might've thought because that can also be pronounced wine. My third, my third one are young mid-distance boys. Two of them in particular. So Caleb Winders, Mm -hmm. Bloopton North sophomore, who I probably, you probably still don't like hearing his name. Um, and also Listen, i
0: just i just thought i had this whole thing planned out and i just thought like our guy runs 150 and the other guys are rational human beings they're civilized won't do they, that. they would run 153 like that would that would seem reasonable
1: because if i break 740 i should win a state meet and not get third place
0: like i idiot. just don't i don't think enough people contemplate what i want well so you and i have terrible timing because we've both
1: coached two of the Probably top seven four by eights in Indiana history, and neither one of us won yeah, right. with that team. Yeah. So i won with another team, but you want, well, yeah, I know. So I, I was saying with your fastest time, okay. right. with, you timed it wrong. Um, the other one, so and I don't want to put too much pressure on a freshman, but Mason Schmitz, HSE freshman, has already run 154 49. Just last weekend, around 154 49 double. Um, it's crazy fast. I mean, that's that's significantly faster than Winders was at the same time last year and Winders Winders is i mean argue, probably the best freshman in Indiana history um, and yeah. his his freshman record might only last for a year like it's it's crazy the in the 800 and this this is you know 400 800 were kind of my best events as an athlete and a coach i think it is very unusual to see a young boy that good because the anaerobic development that it takes to be that good is usually it takes time you know through the through the puberty process and growing you know and your hormones changing it's typically not till about 17 18 where boys are that good anaerobically and that strong aerobically to put them together like it is not it's it's not as uncommon to see a 400 girl run 54 seconds and win the state finals, which which might happen this year with your with the young lady from HSC. It's almost unheard of for a freshman boy to do what Caleb Winders did last year. And it's equally unheard of for Mason Schmidt to already be running 154 as a freshman indoors.
0: And for These Winders, are, not once, but twice at twice. the state meet. He ran twice. 150 on the four-byte anchor, and then yep. I was like, wow, okay, he's probably done then for the opening. Yeah, he's so just he's a little almost, kid. He's not going to come back, yep. and he almost wins – the yeah. um he almost wins the opening
1: i so i guess to attached to that i would, i'm curious like how fast can he run a 1600 and that's yeah that's the next thing the, is, is this the the,
0: is he, this the next person with a with a sub four shot because he's, exactly got that, he's got that he's got that anaerobic component then the question yep. is how much can he put aerobically on over the next yep. two or three years to give himself a chance because there's just 150 is incredible, but there's just a chasm between 150 and four minutes, but he's got three years.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So be curious to watch both of those guys as they develop, because those are, those are crazy fast times for, for their age.
0: All right, here we go. Rapid fire Too early look at 2024 cross country team race. Okay. This year, Homestead first, Concordia second. You and I are both Fort Wayne guys. Yeah. So let me ask you this, just, quick prediction for next year you are you taking the fort or the field one of those two teams
1: or anybody else if i'm like if i'm in vegas i'm taking the field man like there's i think statistically to say do one of these two teams definitely win or do any of these other seven teams that are arguably you know in the in the conversation do they win well probably one of the other seven is probably going to end up winning statistically now i loved I loved watching Homestead and Concordia battle this year. I got to see them multiple times. They're in the same sectional. They're the same regional. Um, obviously, they're in the state finals together. Like they And they competed in invitationals multiple times. Like, what a great battle. And then you're thinking, like, the whole – and Carroll girls were really great as well. And so the whole year, they, you're thinking, like, one of these three teams might win. All three of them are podium contenders. And then to see them go down and – you know, run an epic team battle in uh, Homestead to win, Um, you know, it was awesome. So as a Fort Wayne, you know, person, like in your face, Colin, like like Fort Wayne can run fast too, but statistically, I got to take the field. That would be silly not to.
0: All right. Well, then let let me take that up one notch. Over the last 12 years, there have been 24 teams that have finished in the top two of the boys' state championship in cross country. Check my math on that. Okay. Sixteen of those 24 teams over the last 12 years have been either Carmel, Columbus North, or Fishers. Last question, then we got to go. Blue blood or new blood? I'm giving you Carmel, Columbus North, or Fishers. One of those three, or the field next fall.
1: Um, one of those three. That I changed my I changed my opinion. I changed my mind. Well, and I, added, I, added, I increased it by 50 percent. You did. Um, also, I think they're Well, I think you are. I think you are an above-average coach. Um, I also think that's true of Columbus Northern Fishers. Um, I mean, I like programs competing to win the boys state meet, as you just said statistically, are almost always the same group of coaches and teams so i'm 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 flipping the script and saying statistically i think it's more likely that one of those three teams wins than any of the other 400 schools in indiana which i wouldn't say about the two girls teams versus the rest of the 400 schools in indiana so,
0: so you, on the girls i say field field boys i say blue blood blue blood all right well you heard it here first derek leininger you either love him you hate him or you think he's okay and like rhythm. I think I got my swagger back. Oh, oh. I love my guys. I love my little dudes. they my little guys. I love
1: them.